If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. I am Jan Jarmias, and welcome to Pets, People, Life, and Longevity, where we discuss various topics, pet-related and some not pet-related. Uh, I am the wonderful co-author of the Essential Oil book, Spoil Your Pet. I have been working in essential oils and other sort of alternative modalities for, I think I figured out, close to 20 years, and have been in the health and wellness industry for probably over 40 which is kind of scary, but it's true. Uh, I am really excited today to welcome back um, the co-author on my book, which is just so super excited, um, exciting, um, Dr. Mia Frezzo. And I've known Mia for quite a long time, so I don't have, I don't have to look up anything about her. <laughs> we are really good friends. Um, I feel so lucky to have her here because she's so, so busy and she's taken time out of her schedule for us today. Um, a few things about her, and she can elaborate more on anything that she wants to add. Um, she's a small animal veterinarian, um, runs an integrative practice, so she does um, welcome in alternative modalities and other forms of healing besides for traditional veterinary medicine. So that's always a huge and wonderful compliment to each other because we get to kind of take the best of both worlds and kind of bring them together. Um, she is on the veterinary advisory board of doTERRA essential oils. And I would probably consider her probably one of the world global experts on essential oil usage in animals. And so her knowledge is vast and just so full. So welcome Mia. Well, thank you so much, Jan, for that lovely welcome. Uh, everything Jan said is true. I am very, very happy to be here and share some knowledge and uh, information with you. I have been practicing with small animals for quite some time. I actually started using essential oils with my children uh, about a decade or so ago. And from that very, very positive experience, we moved into using oils on pets. And it's been tremendously rewarding. Uh, the response that pets give us is honest and true. You know, Jen and I say that there's no placebo effect. They can't overthink it. Uh, they just respond and they do really, really well. So they are a true testament 
I always say that children and pets are true mm -hmm. testaments to the power of essential oils because they just work. And, uh, and it's so beautiful to see that healing in process. Absolutely. And absolutely correct. Uh, children and pets have no filtering, you know, of, they just don't filter. I mean, we know children say what's on their mind. They're usually pretty <laughs> outspoken and they have this very openness to alternative things because they don't, part of it is I think they just don't have that knowledge base. Like animals, they don't know any different. If you use them and they work, they just think they're, you know, they're great. And so we're going to open up our conversation today talking about a subject that we're both very passionate about. And I think we've both experienced um, firsthand with our own pets, but also working with animals for probably between the two of us, like 40 years um, combined, I would say maybe more, um, is that is helping older pets. I think it's a really, really um, beautiful population to work with. I think our pets give us so much love and so much when we have yeah. them that it's only right that we do best with them or for them as they age. <laughs> I agree completely. Our older pets, our senior pets are a blessing and we adapt as they adapt because aging is a process and sometimes it surprises us a little bit. I have a 13 and a half year old standard poodle at home who has started to show some aging and we are personally working with him on a daily basis to help maintain his quality of life. Absolutely. And I think that's what, you know, no matter, hopefully if you're working with a vet or if you're working with some person who's helping you with your pets, I think that's everybody's goal is how can we maintain a good, good quality of life as they age or whatever they go through. Um, so I thought we could share some of what we see when we have an older pet as a client or maybe even in our own pets and some things for people to look at and look out for. Because I think sometimes some of the cues that they give us are kind of subtle. They're not very obvious. I think also pets are very stoic. And a lot of times they don't really want to show us how they're feeling necessarily. And just like humans, I think sometimes they don't really grasp that age so it's a limitation so yes. so and as our pets age they all go through some changes in their senses and this can come on a little bit suddenly a lot of times my clients will come to me and say he just doesn't hear as well he just doesn't respond to me he used to get up when i came in the door and now he doesn't even know i'm there and so it can seem acute our pet's sense of hearing really declines as they get older. And we have to understand that they're not ignoring us. They're not disobeying us. Uh, they just don't hear as well as they used to. And so sometimes we have to adapt. Some people will stomp on the floor as they come in. They might shake their keys or make some other noises. Different pitches and tones can sometimes alert our dogs that we're there. Now, we don't want to startle them, but we want to just gently let them know, hey, we're here. And we're happy to see you. And it, the greeting is different. You know, the older pets may not run right up to us at the door, but they're certainly happy that we're home and we need to go to them instead of expecting them to run to us. Absolutely. And, um, you know, 
I hear that a lot from people is usually hearing and sight is the next thing is as their vision um, declines. And, you know, I always say I was dog sitting for a dog. Well, let me tell you, beware of fingers. This dog like couldn't see and would go after a tree. It was like (laughs) Tonka so gentle that sometimes I forget. And I always still say to him, gentle, gentle, like when he's going to take a treat. Cause he gets so excited, but this dog, I was like, Whoa, okay. We're not, we're doing palm. <laughs> o- we're doing palm open for this guy, you know? Yes. So sometimes that vision is also impaired. And I think that makes it hard sometimes for them to navigate space. I mean, they use their nose mm-hmm. a lot, which is a blessing, you know, that's how they navigate an area and they get a lot of information through aroma and scent and just smelling their environment, but also they do use their other senses quite heavily in navigating their world. Yes. And it may often seem that their sight and their hearing and their mobility all declines at the same time. And we'll touch on each of these. Um, They can also become a little bit um, confused. We do see doggy dementia. We call it canine cognitive disorder. And uh, it may come about all at the same time. The pets are wandering and a little bit aimless and confused, but at the same time, they don't see as well, they don't hear as well. So it's a very big adjustment for our older pets. And we need to just support them, support them. If your pet doesn't see as well as he or she used to and is acting a little bit aimless or confused, please protect him or her from the stairs. You may need to make some adjustments in hardwood floors. I do know a lot of older pets that won't do hardwood stairs because they're afraid they're going to slip. And that's Self-protection is really important. I'm glad that they recognize that they shouldn't go up or down the stairs as they might not have the same secure footing as they used to. So our older dog about five months ago stopped going up and down our big flight of stairs. Now they are carpeted, but he's just not comfortable and we respect that. So we're not going to push him. He's also too big for us to carry. With a little dog, you know, you can just pick up that little dog and, and bring it upstairs, bring it downstairs. Our big guy has chosen he's most comfortable on the main level. So that's okay. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it could be stairs in your home, but it could be slippery stairs outside your home. So it Mm -hmm. might be stairs to the, you know, to a patio or stairs just to get out the front door or back door where all of a sudden they start to, and you can, if you notice and if you pay attention, which is what we're talking about, that real key is like being aware yourself is you can watch them and you can see that kind of hesitation where a dog used to bound and now all of a sudden it's kind of, okay, let me, let me see what this is. I notice it. it, Sometimes I notice it because um, if we are by a body of water, Tonko like a look and it's almost like the reflection is like, is just different than it used to be. And so now he kind of like, and then usually perception. Yeah. He's checking his depth perception. It's fascinating to watch in a sense. Oh, it is very. And I'll sit there and I'll kind of splash the water and then he can hear it. So he knows it's water, but it's really interesting when you're watching them do it. They kind of like, what is that? Like, is that a hard surface? Is that a, you know, how far is that away from me? So it's really interesting to observe. Uh, And so what other behavior, can you think of any other behavior? I know that one of the things is, you know, that I've found is that, you know, dogs that were really obedient and very well-trained all of a sudden aren't necessarily. And it's not like they're trying to be 
um, resistant to your cues and they're trying to all of a sudden kind of just step into their who they are kind of thing, because I think their biggest goal in life is to please us. So I think that sometimes it's not intentional on their part. It's just this feeling of, I, I, I don't hear that cue or where you, if you used hand signals, maybe they don't see them anymore. Mm-hmm. I think we need to take the, the big picture into account. So yes, they may certainly um, seem like they're not responding, but many of our dogs live to please us. They are so happy when they please us and we need to uh, just recognize their effort and their, their new limitations. Um, I think that since many of these changes happen at the same time, we may confuse lack of mobility with age when sometimes it is age. Sometimes there's a real problem with mobility. Sometimes sight can get in the way of mobility. So it may be a good idea to have your pets evaluated by your veterinarian. I like to see my patients every six months. Now for older pets, we may want to see them even every three or four months just to make sure that we're really monitoring their changes and helping them through these these um, potential issues. So a pet that doesn't move as well may not move as well because it has some joint discomfort and some muscle weakness, but it may also be related to sight. It may also be related to hearing and just self-protection. So I think an overall physical exam, annual blood work, at least is a really good idea. And then you know what to work with. You can understand your pet's limitations and we can best support them. And I think that's the next area that Jen and I are so passionate about, how we're going to support our pets and give them everything that they need. Yeah, we are. And um, you brought up such beautiful and great points. I think our goal is to support them and wisdom is power. So if you know what you're working with, you can then adjust however that needs to be adjusted. And one of the things I was talking about with someone recently was she was commenting on her older pet. And one was just the ability of them um, not to be able to like, they have to go to the bathroom more frequently. And just now where she didn't have to before, now she has to have someone come in while she's at work in the middle of the day. Cause there's no way her dog can hold you know, and not go to the bathroom for, you know, eight hours or seven hours where before um, her dog was fine. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the most challenging things for a pet that's used to going outside is they know they're not supposed to go in the house, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And they don't want to make a mistake. Absolutely. And so just altering and learn, looking for things like that. Like, so what do you suggest for people with incontinence problems in their pets? Well, sometimes incontinence is true incontinence. So that's where going back to your veterinarian and making sure that the kidney function is, is normal and metabolically your pet is healthy is a good start. Um, the pets that need some assistance do need somebody to let them out uh, a little bit more frequently, especially if your pet is not trained to use wee pads or if you're not comfortable using wee pads. We had an older dog a number of years ago who refused to use wee pads, but she liked the rug. So, <laughs> so that didn't really work for us. We needed to get her out more frequently. And they can't always tell you. Mm-hmm. They don't always have the same um, response, the same reactive time, the same ability to get to the door and bark and let you know. Or sometimes they're barking 
or sometimes their barking uh, doesn't necessarily indicate what it used to. Mm -hmm. So their communication styles may change. So we do. So we do need to um, potentially look into a dog walker or a neighbor or a sitter to help us out with our pets who need to go outside a little bit more often. Um, I do have a number of clients who put diapers on their pets. Now, that's that's another issue uh, because there's a little bit of maintenance there. And then we can have some changes to the health of the skin. If the skin is staying wet from urine, we can have urine scald and infections and irritation. So that's not always a good option. We still need to change those diapers frequently. But that may work for some families and for some pets. Um, we definitely want to watch their diets. Now, as pets get older, they shouldn't eat a lot of salt. Um, too much salt isn't good for anybody, but especially if we have a pet who's not able to get up and go to the weeby pads or go outside or needs some assistance in moving, we don't want extra salt in their diets. That's not going to be helpful. So we do need to control the treats and the salt. Just be cautious. I have had a number of clients tell me that they feed chicken. Well, chicken doesn't sound bad, but if you're buying rotisserie chicken from the supermarket, that is very heavily seasoned with salt. Mm. So just try to be a little bit more aware as to what you're feeding and how that might impact your pet's overall health and and uh, daily routine. Very good point. I never thought about the salt. I think about other seasonings possibly um, just not maybe being as pet friendly as we like it's uh, their digestive systems are, are very different than ours. And I think the other thing we have to worry about, which I know um, me as just as concerned about on this issue as I am is when your pet is less mobile, um, you know, you don't want them to put on weight as they mm-hmm. age because they're not moving as much. Yes. So there's definitely a balance as your pet starts to slow down you may need to reduce the amount of calories that your pet's taking in. If your pet's already overweight, you really need to restrict those calories and uh, manage weight because being overweight not only impacts their mobility and their joints, but their heart, their whole cardiovascular system, their respiratory system, uh, their hormonal and endocrine systems are impacted, as well as their uh, immune system. So being overweight can, can really lead to a whole cascade. Um, over 60% of American pets, unfortunately, are overweight. So starting to look at your pet's weight before your pet may be really elderly and immobilized is is important. Um, but then another concern is that our pet's diets may need to adjust as they get older, uh, not only to manage weight, but because their digestive systems change. They may need a different diet if you're finding that the same diet that you used for a while is no longer being processed as well. Um, Maybe the pet's either gaining too much weight on the same diet, losing weight, having diarrhea, um, just not feeling as well, not feeling as well. And that happens. Sometimes even I think their taste buds change. Now, they can't tell us, but I think there may be some changes there where they don't eat the same as they used to years ago. I've had I think we're still exploring. We're still exploring this area. Yeah, you've had it, right? Yeah, I've had it in personal experience where I think every one of my pets, as they aged and they got older, I had to change their diet because the food was either too rich, contained, you know, really high amounts of fat, which is great because it gives them energy and we need healthy fats anyway, good fats 
to um, help maintain their nervous system, but we just also have to take care. And that is someplace that you might be able to think about supplementation um, as far as supporting your pet as they age. Yes, Jan mentioned fats. Now, most of our nervous system is fat. We are dependent on omegas, omega-3, omega-6s. And the balance for omega-3 and omega-6 is important. So I, we're definitely in favor of supplementing a good essential fatty acid. Some people call it a fish oil. Uh, it doesn't have to be a fish source, although most of the products for pets come from fish sources, generally small fish. Um, and these omegas are really imperative for joint health, nervous system health, which includes the brain, the spinal column, the connective tissue, the the joints. Um, did I mention, I mentioned cardiovascular disease, cardiovascular uh, support and the skin and coat. So these omegas are just mega supplements. They're, they're wonderful supplements that, that support so many body systems and can really make a big difference for our pets. But we're in favor, if you can, starting young. Mm-hmm. All pets need the omegas. Don't start just when they're elderly. If you didn't start prior, then start whenever you can. But even if you have a younger pet and you're listening to us, start these supplements right away um, because they're really supportive to overall health and they improve longevity and mobility as your pet ages. Um, and we've been talking a lot about um, dogs, um, Mia. So we find the same thing in cats. And I, you know, I know this is something and I would love for you to elaborate on this, but I think one of the things in cats that tends to be a problem is in general, I don't think people bring their cats to the vet as often, especially if they're an indoor cat or they don't go out much. They figure they're not exposed, quote unquote, to a lot. So Mm -hmm. they tend to keep them home. So I think you see a lot of cats that never came in before that have severe illnesses because- they've never been truly monitored. Yes, that is absolutely true. Um, It's kind of frightening how, in fact, it's kind of frightening how few cats we see on a regular basis compared to dogs. And in fact, the American population owns more cats than dogs. But as veterinarians, we don't see all those cats. So people kind of figured my cat's doing just fine. He or she is eating, running, playing, sleeping, grooming. The litter box is fine. Everything's okay. Well, cats really hide illness until it can be advanced. And we want to catch anything early. So what I mean is they may hide a problem with their kidneys or their thyroid. Things like diabetes, heart disease. All of these conditions can develop more slowly, but we may not see those changes until they're more advanced if we're waiting for our pet to tell us, I don't feel well. So that's another reason to bring your cat into the veterinarian every six months. And I think I found it very interesting when you said you even recommend sometimes every three to four months. And for me, to me, that makes so much sense because the whole pet aging process is so different than the human aging process. So I would assume it's kind of like a, a baby, an infant. Do you know how like an infant can change so drastically in like, a month or a week or a day. And I would assume that pets are quite similar because their aging is, you know, everybody's heard that, you know, a year, you know, a year for us is seven years for a dog, or, you know, I think it's, it might be less for a cat six years. I'm not quite sure. I don't remember, but you have to think of, okay, well, if you're working with an aging pet and a year or seven years, 
that might mean like every three or four months, that's a pretty advanced period of time. Yes. I call it an accelerated life plan. So they are on an accelerated life plan. They are just moving through, you know, puppyhood and kittenhood to adolescent to adult to senior at a really fast rate. Uh, so six months may not seem like a long time for us, but there can be a number of changes to these bodies in that period of time. So uh, frequent evaluations and frequent monitoring really is key. Now, we did talk a lot about dogs. There are plenty of cats who develop some mobility issues as they get older, and a lot of cats get heavier as they get older. So much of what we've said about dogs really applies to cats, too. I mean, I notice huge changes in um, urinary habits and things as my cats aged. Uh, some of it was a visual thing. I think they would miss the litter box because they no longer could see as well or their aim wasn't as good, let's say, so to speak. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, you know, peeing around the box versus in the box, you know, things like that. So I think that that can change too, which is, you know, sometimes frustrating as a, as a pet caretaker, but you work with it. I thankfully I've never had a cat that was like, or a pet that actually did an excessive amount of damage, but you know, I know people who have as it can be challenging at times. Um, maybe we can speak to some things that, um, can be done, um, for pets if they do suffer from not some, we can go through some of the more severe illnesses that happen, but then just the common aging type stuff where there is really there are really nice things that you can do as far as intervention yes cats though if we go back to cats for just a moment you may see some similar changes in cats as well your cat that may have been able to leap right onto the top of the refrigerator may not be able to do it anymore jumping on and off the counter with ease may not be so smooth so you may see some changes. Your cat may be hesitant to jump on and off of things, even to run around the house and do the same zoomies as before. Uh, so these are some mobility issues to look out for your with your cats, where instead of lying in the windowsill, maybe they're lying on the floor basking in the sun. Instead of getting up on the counter as quickly, you may have to move the food down from the counter onto the floor so that your, your cat can really get to it more readily. Um, the cats do show many of the same changes as dogs. I so had, what can we do? I'm sorry. Yeah, I had that with my cat. I had that with Skylar. Skylar was a counter cat and ate on the counter. And I actually moved one of my like towers closer to the counter. So he used to like jump on the different levels of the tower and then he could jump on the counter. And that was mainly because he refused to eat on the floor. Like he didn't want to eat there. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess I'm changing, you know, your, your, your access, you know, being a mother as I am, but you see, yeah, he made, he made you adapt. That's he wasn't right. going to adapt. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> so now let's go to our little, maybe some interventions we can do and maybe things that we can help mm -hmm. do to help our pets get through these challenge, you know, these challenges. There are several things we can do. Another dietary supplement is a probiotic, a good probiotic, prebiotic supplement. And I'm in favor of these supplements for a number of reasons. And you may think, well, what's that going to do for aging? Well, we've been doing a lot of studying lately about the microbiome, and the microbiome is so important to the entire body. We know that the gut contains a lot of our 
uh, immune system. A lot of our immune support is right in our gut. So that's one. But we've been discovering that so much of the gut communicates with the brain. There's a, there are a lot of signals that go between the brain and the gut. And all of our metabolism, our hormones, our energy, our uh, respiratory systems, our urinary health, really relies on probiotics and prebiotics. It's incredible. So supporting these organisms is imperative. Now we lose them every day. So we need to take a probiotic supplement every day and replenish. Some of these organisms are made to be lost. Some will actually colonize in the gut, but we still need to replenish uh, these organisms. And I'm in favor of a very potent, concentrated and varied probiotic supplement. So Jen and I can help you with that. You're certainly welcome to reach out to me individually and we can help you if you need some specifics. But a probiotic is important in addition to your fish oil. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now, what else do we do? I am in love with essential oils. You know that Jen and I just love essential oils, and there's so much that we can support with the body um, with essential oils. It's never too late to start. The sooner you start, the better. And this doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, my own dogs get essential oils applied topically twice a day. Uh, you can diffuse oils in your home so that it envelops them. Um, and some essential oils can actually be ingested depending upon the safety and quality of that product. Uh, but it is very easy to integrate essential oils into your pet's daily routine. Absolutely. And we've both been doing this for a very long time. Now, when we speak to essential oils, we're talking about extremely high quality essential oils that have been extensively tested. And also, like I mentioned, um, Mia's on the veterinary advisory board. So using a company which has experience using, you know, with their essential oils in animals and how they work and what kind of reaction and interaction is happening is so important. And that's important for anything we use. We want that um, real research and science behind it because you know, pets are really sensitive, but there is so much we can do um, to help, um, our pets age really easily. Um, some of, some of that is adjusting some of the supplementation of keeping joints and weight and joints as healthy as possible so that they maintain like a healthy physical appearance, um, and stature. But the other thing is just, um, you know, maybe doing things that 
where your pet was doing certain things prior, it may just be they're more sore like you are, you know, maybe as you age. Um, that's yeah. where I noticed, for example, like a big difference is, you know, the long. I can definitely tell the difference after I've done like a really, really long walk. And like, you know, where, yes, Tonka will come home tired and will sleep, but I can notice the difference in the way he moves the following day or the day after that now where I never used to notice anything because he's just so active and I was just like, oh, okay, he's like, you know, but, you know, lately I do notice he's, you know, almost 12, a little under 12 and, you know. So many of our older dogs can can no longer do those really long periods of activity, but they really benefit from shorter, more frequent periods of activity. So if you think about taking a long car ride, all of us need to get up and stretch every few hours. And it feels good. Oh, I've got to move a little bit. Let me move my legs. Let me stand up and get out of this position. But they need that. Uh, a younger dog might be able to do a long period of activity once or twice a day. But our older pets need shorter, more frequent periods of activity to keep them limber. Because the longer they stay in one position, which they often do, kind of lie around, uh, they get more stiff. And so we can help them physically as well as with all these supplements to maintain some mobility. So get them up, even if they're sleeping. You know, it may seem like, oh, I don't want to disturb him. Get him up. Get him out. He's got to move. It's been three hours, four hours, five hours. Get up. And it's not always easy. Let me tell you, sometimes Bachi doesn't want to move. And he says, oh, no, 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 I'm so happy sleeping here. No, come on, buddy. It's been several hours. We've got to get up and go. Got to move around a little bit. Let's take a little walk around the house, a little walk outside, even in five minutes. He's just got to stretch his, his muscles and move. Yeah, I mean, I love that. And then the other thing, you know, with Tonka, I realized that, you know, and I've seen is his reaction to weather. And that could be extreme cold or extreme warmth. Um, it's the other reason I've adjusted, let's say, our walking schedule during the summer because, you know, I can only do short spurts now when it's you know in the middle of the afternoon and it's hot as blazes outside and i come in and and he's draggy you know like i can take him around i have live on um in a closed development but you know it's a circle i can take him around like you know a half of the circle and then on the way back i can see like it's kind of like okay buddy let's go come on you can do it you know and we cut those walks maybe a little shorter and do them more often as opposed to doing, you know, a big long walk and tiring them out and probably even, you know, a little bit of a threat of dehydration. So Jane, um, can we say some more specifics? Yes, absolutely. I, I don't know what I'm afraid to say too much, but hold on one um, second, Mia. Maybe that'll work better. Try again. So I'd like to talk a little bit more about some specifics with the essential oils and how we can use them and for what. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I've been using essential oils on my older guy for a long time, trying to slow down his aging. And I think it really has helped. But I don't want you to be discouraged. Start wherever you are. We, I use a combination of oils on him. I'm kind of generous. <laughs> I will say I use a bunch of products on him to really support him. But 
mostly the nervous system. We want to keep good brain health and cognitive function. We want to keep good joint mobility, connective tissue, ligaments, tendons, and muscle tone. Um, and so we really want to help him to age as gracefully as possible and maintain really good quality. And there's a balance there. So what we're doing is that we know that he's, you know, he's a big dog and he's already 13 and a half, but he still has some good quality. And that's great. We recognize he can't run as fast as he used to, but he still has a lot of pep. He doesn't do the stairs as much as he used to, uh, but I think he's still fairly happy. I think he's pretty happy with, uh, with his new life in the last six months. And that's how fast it can be. I'll tell you, six months ago, he was slow. Now he's really slow. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think there is so much and we can get into specifics. There are certain essential oils. I think that Mia and I would not be without um, just because they have so many health giving um, benefits. And uh, there, some of those are calming oils. Um, one of the things that I think has only increased with Tonka and um, if you listen to the previous episode or another episode with Shannon Riley, she um, talks about that with her dog, you know, has become a little bit more anxious and it was never an anxious dog as it's aged. It's a little bit more clingy in some ways. Um, Tonka's definitely was always anxious and I think it's only gotten worse. Like it hasn't gotten better. Um, and if you can imagine if you can't see as well, you can't hear as well, you can't move as well, um, you might want to cling to your loved ones and say, okay, just pull me up a little bit because I don't really know exactly what's going on around me as well as I used to. So um, appreciate that. I, I like that clinginess. Uh, it tells us that they need us. They recognize they need us and they know where to lean. Mm hmm. Absolutely. It is a, it is a beautiful time. And every now and then when I look at him and I think to myself, oh my gosh, he's getting so gray. And it makes it like a little like tinge in my heart of like, oh my gosh. And then I think to myself, I honor the fact that he's getting older, but I don't want to get preoccupied with the fact that he's not like he probably, he's not going to, he's going to pass away because I want to enjoy the years he has. So I don't want to sit there and worry constantly about the fact that Oh my gosh, what happens when he goes, which will be devastating. And I know, but it's kind of want to just be happy with where he is and enjoy him as much as I can. Yes. 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 You definitely want to continue that positive thinking. And I think that our dogs have that intuition cats as well. They know our emotions, they know our feelings. So they will, uh, they need us to be positive. Yeah. Now, one oil that Jan and I would never be without is frankincense. Oh my gosh, this is a daily oil for, for me, for my entire family. Why frankincense touches every system of the body. It supports every part of the body and it is truly amazing. It's been around since biblical times and they knew thousands of years ago the value of this amazing oil. Absolutely. The health-giving properties of this oil and us being able to harness that those benefits is just um a gift to all of us and so the ability to use something like that on our animals um is so priceless to me and 
I think um, Mia's had so many experiences, I'm sure, with her patients and then with her own pets and her family using just that one oil. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other oils, I think, that we gravitate to that we really like. Um, every oil is has its own unique chemistry. So using different oils is going to offer you sometimes different benefits. It might interact with the body, you know, differently be more available to certain systems than it is to other systems and by other oils. But the other oil, I think that we tend to use a lot is Copaiba or Copaiba. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of us um, also because it has a vast um, effect on different body systems. Yes. Copaiba is an endocannabinoid. So it really impacts the nervous system and the endocrine system. It also potentiates or strengthens any other oil that it's used with. So I, I use it as much as I use frankincense because it is so valuable to the body. Now, there are other oils that you can think about using, and those might be addressing some of the things that we said are happening when you have, let's say, an aging pet. And that might be things like changes in digestion, where all of a sudden they're having more digestive upset or they're having reactions to foods they never had before, or maybe just the lack of control. I know that when Casey got older, it was much harder for her to control you know, bowel movements and her stool would get loose and it wasn't like she had an infection. It was just mm-hmm. like at the time, I mean, she was 18 or 19 years old. So, you know, old, yes. old for a dog. Absolutely. Now we love essential oils, but we're not uh, at all suggesting that you may stop any medications that your pet's taking and pure, pure high quality essential oils will not interfere with any medications. And so bear that in mind, we're offering to you a number of different modalities to really help your pet thoroughly. And if medication is needed, that's fine. Work with your veterinarian. Uh, but essential oils are, are a valuable supplement and tool to augment health and to preserve health. Now, I know that every, um, I know that you do call upon, and I, I mean, kind of, Tonka just had a chiropractic adjustment. So I went to a veterinarian who specializes in chiropractic. And so I do think that we, and you refer people or suggest other modalities besides for essential oils and supplementation. Yes. I'm really in favor of chiropractic, acupuncture, laser, water therapy, massage, it's all useful. Now, don't feel like you have to do it all because that may not be practical for you or for your pet. But all of these uh, scientifically proven methods are out there to help you. And you can pick and choose and combine what works for you. But I think all of it is very useful and and has great benefits. Now, um, Maybe we can speak to a little bit because I know that one of my hesitations when I look at, let's say, breeds is the fact that, you know, very large dogs have a much shorter lifespan. I mean, when you're talking something like a Great Dane or a Pyrenees or um, a Burmese, a Burmese mountain dog, they tend to have a shorter lifespan than some of the smaller dogs. And I think it's something that people should consider. 
Yes. Every breed has particular traits. And those traits are not only physical, but personality. Uh, you know, something, somebody like a Jack Russell Terrier has amazing energy, and that may not be for you. Uh, you may need a little slower dog. The working dogs are driven. They really need to have a job and have some mental stimulation. Uh, but yes, you need to consider how long your pet is expected to live and some of the breed disease predispositions. Mm -hmm. So, for example, we see more joint issues, for example, hip dysplasia in the larger breeds than in the smaller breeds. And so... We just need to take that all into consideration. I'm definitely in favor of people researching their breed and knowing what works for their family before adopting a pet. So um, for my family, uh, we have three dogs and none of them shed. That's an important thing for me. I, I have standard poodles. They're working dogs. They're great. I keep them as busy as I can. They're stimulated, but they don't shed. So that carries a responsibility of bringing to the group them to the groomer. Now, they're prone to things like joint disease, some certain heart diseases, and bloat. Uh, that just comes along with, with their territory. So definitely research the breed um, and research what works for your family as far as energy level, trainability, longevity, and potential issues. So that you're as informed and prepared. Like Jan said earlier, being informed, wisdom is palate. And so... I personally don't like surprises. So being as informed and ready helps me feel confident and helps me to plan and um, and be as proactive as I can certainly be. And I love that because I think that if you, it is wisdom is power. So if you know what you're getting and you know your pet is prone to a certain thing, um, a certain kind of condition, then you can prepare yourself and maybe do some preventative actions that are going to prevent, you know, maybe your pet will be the one or, you know, you will be the family that won't have to deal with a particular issue that tends to happen in a breed because you've actually done those steps. Do we have a crystal ball and can we guarantee that? No, but my attitude is, is I'd rather err on the side that I'm doing everything I can versus hope Cool. Oh, I love hope, but you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes when you're going through a situation, you need more than you know. You need hope, but you need a lot of everything else, and that's just <laughs> and that's just practical, practical things to do. Practical things to do. Um, maybe one of the things we didn't talk about, but I know that I've been very concerned, and actually, Tonka is due for another, and that's a dental. Mm. Dental care is really important. It really is. Uh, you know, we know that by maintaining our pet's teeth, we can extend their lives by 25%. That's a lot. Uh, so what does dental care mean? Dental care is more than just having your pet's teeth brushed when it goes to the groomer. Uh, it would be ideal for people to brush their pet's teeth every day. That's not always realistic, honestly. So I try to set up my clients for success. If you can apply a gel to your pet's teeth and gums once a week, and that works for you, that's great. I have a good product for you. If you can use a particular type of toothpaste three times a week, great. Uh, if you need a water additive or a food additive, dental chews, dental treats, all of these things are useful and you can make a combination, but let's not feel defeated if you cannot brush your pet's teeth every day. 
I honestly can't do that for my three dogs, uh, but I can do once a week. Uh, I can even have the kids help me with three times a week. There is a different toothpaste that's designed for three times a week, but we need to be successful. Now, even all of the, even with all of the home care that you may provide, your pet's going to build up tartar. It's somewhat of a losing battle. So don't be discouraged there either. Your pet's veterinarian is going to say, well, he or she needs a dental clean. And many times on an annual basis, pets need to have their food clean professionally. Uh, that means a full scaling policy, and fluoride, do dental x-rays as well. But give them a nice, clean, fresh start. And then your home care is even more successful. Unfortunately, there are a lot of times that we have to do extractions. Sometimes those extractions could have been avoided if the pets were uh, had better preventative care throughout their lives. Not always. Uh, little dogs, this is one problem with little dogs, they do have more aggressive dental disease than big dogs. So be ready for that. You've got to, to be committed to taking care of your pet's teeth and likely annual dental cleanings if you have a little dog. We want to save as many teeth as we can as they get older. But I love it when I hear clients tell me after their older pet has a dental cleaning, how much better that pet feels. Oh my gosh, he's playing more. He's chewing on his toys again. He's like a puppy again. And all of that is because we've gotten rid of this heavy bacterial load and this underlying chronic pain that the pet can't tell us is bothering them. So I, I am always so encouraged when an older pet is rejuvenated by a dental cleaning because it's only beneficial. I never get a negative response. Oh, you know, I cleaned his teeth and now his breath is fresh mm -hmm. and he feels better. Um, I don't know why I did that to him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, always, <laughs> I always get a positive response and it feels so good to give these dogs and cats a new a new sense of energy and vitality. Yeah, I, I, Tonka had a cleaning, I don't know, it was probably like less than a year ago. And for the first time, because I've always tried to do non-anesthetic and sometimes that's hard because he's sound sensitive and the sound of the machinery but this woman was amazing. Like I've never seen his teeth look so good. And I was so excited uh, because I don't think they've looked that good. Even if I, even though I brush every day since he was a puppy, you know, when he had those, I love puppy teeth are beautiful. They, they're so white and they're so nice looking. It's kind of like, a, you know, just like anybody, but it's just so much fun when I, you know, he came out and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, your teeth are beautiful. And, you know, signs can be bad breath. I mean, I was um, pet sitting for someone last week and her dog came and like <laughs> breathe on me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, turn your head the other way kind of thing. <laughs> it was just so potent, but it really makes me think about like what's actually harboring in there. And, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a little, you know, and they do and give, uh, maybe tell our audience a little bit about why it is so dangerous. Like what is happening with all that bacteria in the mouth? Well, the bacteria in the mouth not only causes changes to the teeth and the gums, the gums can recede, it can wear away at the roots, loosen the teeth, but that bacteria is circulating throughout the whole body and it impacts the lungs, the liver the kidneys, the heart. So our major organs are insulted and impeded with this chronic bacterial load. So when we eliminate them and make them feel better, they are 
remarkably improved. Mm -hmm. And then decreases risk of a lot of other probably, you know, organ system issues, which, you know, obviously if you think about the effects it could have and just practically speaking and the cost that might be involved if your pet ends up having something like advanced kidney disease or cardiovascular issues, heart issues, you know, some of these things can be a real tax on your finances if you know your pet needs surgery or expensive medications or something so something as simple as cleaning their teeth and having them professionally cleaned is probably you know something that you might want to invest and i'm probably one of the most worthwhile investments that you can do for your pet most definitely now do you um I mean, just, you know, out of curiosity, um, do you find that um, older pets, because their immune system has changed, you know, vax, I don't know what's recommended anymore for older pets as far as vaccinations. Does that, like, the does the regimen change at all as they get older? Yes, I know. You know, one one line of thought is that if an older pet is insulted with a virus. That virus is going to impact that pet more so. So let's take a specific example, Lyme disease. So let's say you already have a pet who's got some joint discomfort, some arthritis versus Lyme disease, which often attacks the muscles and the joints can be detrimental to that pet. Uh, but Lyme can also affect the kidneys and the brain, the nervous system. So that's one example. Let's say you have a pet who's already a little bit immunocompromised, maybe has some cardiovascular challenges, and gets a respiratory illness. Just like a person, an older person who gets pneumonia is not as, a, as uh, is not able to fight that disease as well as a younger person. So I do still believe that we should vaccinate our pets as long as they are we should vaccinate our pets as long as they are not suffering from some uh, autoimmune disease or cancer that may be prohibitive. Because if that pet contracts one of these diseases, it may impact their health more so. Maybe more difficult. It may be more difficult to recover mm -hmm. if that old. Well, thank you for that. That's really good information and I think very useful. Um, and I think it's a question that people wonder about, you know, it's like, my pet doesn't really go anywhere anymore. I know. I hear that. I wish that staying inside was 100% protective. I know, right? It's not necessarily. We bring packages in. We go outside. We bring our dirty shoes in. Um, I've had indoor cats develop parasites. We say, well, where did they get an intestinal parasite? It happens. Uh, we can't isolate our pets from everything. And so... Just staying inside doesn't necessarily mean your pet's not at risk. Certainly higher risk can be sought in other lifestyles, but we still need to recognize that we can't control everything by staying inside, keeping the doors and the windows shut. Yeah, absolutely true. And um, so maybe lastly, we'll just, um, you know, 
part and end this and just tell you that if you have any specific questions, I know that Dr. Frezzo would welcome your calls and just your inquiries and you can reach out to her, whether that's just you're dealing with an older pet and you're trying to do the best by them, or you have questions about essential oils and how to use them or any supplementation that might be helpful for your pet as it age, ages um, through that process. And also remember to support yourself. It's, and like I said, that love is very, very strong. And watching your pet get older sometimes is not very easy because of the fear of losing them at some point, which we all know is going to happen. So just make sure that you prepare yourself the best possible that you can prepare yourself. Not that you're ever prepared, but you know, do the best for yourself that you can. <laughs> I thank you so much, Jen. I hope that you've all learned a lot. I do invite you to call on me. Uh, Jen can certainly provide you my contact information. I'm happy to help you on an individual basis. And I love to talk to you about essential oils and how we can uh, tailor a, a protocol and a daily regimen to help your pet uh, live the longest, healthiest life. Thank you so much, Mia. And we'll have her back again, different topic, possibly. And for everybody out there, um, we look forward to connecting. Have a great one. You've been listening to Pets, People, Life, and Longevity, part of the Exvadio Podcast Network. You can catch every episode at exvadio.com slash podcasts, the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, and wherever you find podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.